0: Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: On air and online at MoneyPit.com, we are here for you to help you with your do it yourself projects or to help you with projects that you want to have a pro do, but you just don't know where to start, how to get the best deal. Maybe you're trying to sort out what you're being told by your contractors, your friends, your husband, your wife. Give us a call right now and we will help you get to the bottom of that. The number is 888 Money Pit. because when it comes to home improvement, everybody talked to wants you to do it their way or has a horror story to report so that you don't make the same mistakes that they did. Why not make no mistakes? Pick up the phone and call us. Let's talk about your project. We'll help you get started on the right foot. The number is 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974 because this is what we do and have done for a very long time. Coming up this hour on the program. Are you among the last dying breed of homeowners that does not have an automatic garage door opener? Well, if so, (laughs) it's time to come out of the dark ages. Well, you don't have one because you've got a really, your garage is in the dark ages. (laughs) They don't make an opener that will lift up, uh, uh, it looks like a drawbridge on a castle to open (laughs) your garage. So They don't make that. But For the rest of you folks that just have normal garage doors, Uh, You know, it's time to think about getting one because there have been some very significant advances in garage door openers that make them easier to use and a lot safer to use. Than the openers that have been on the market for so many years. We're going to talk about that in just a bit.
1: That's right. And also ahead is your laundry room in the same general area where your dirty clothes tend to pile up, or do you find that you're one of the many folks that still has to carry laundry up and downstairs to get that job done? Man, I am like tick marks on two of these openers. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> if so, we are going to tell you guys how to create a new laundry room on an upper floor of your home so that you actually don't need to work quite so hard. When when it comes to doing the laundry chore.
0: And this hour, we're giving away a great prize that I think is pure genius. It's a paint that turns any surface into a DIY erase board. It's called Clear from Idea Paint. We're giving away enough to create a 50-square-foot area of writing space. It's worth 225 bucks. so give us a call right now if you'd like a chance to win. The number is 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. We will toss... All names of callers that reach us this hour into a Money Pit hard hat. And if we choose yours at the end of the show, you will get that great prize called Clear. So let's get to it. Leslie, who's first?
1: Stephen in South Carolina is on the line with a water heater that seems to be leaking, and it's only four months old, so that's not good. Tell us what's going on.
2: Leslie, I consider myself a home improvement master. <laughs> and I put in this this new water heater in a rental unit that I have, a rental unit townhouse. And um, I went over there the other day and noticed that the, the pressure relief valve is slowly leaking. And I can't figure out why it would be leaking.
0: Well, Stephen, there's two reasons it could be leaking. Uh, the first is that you have a bad pressure relief valve. The second is that your water heater is not... Working correctly, and it's actually building up excess pressure. And as a result, the valve is doing exactly what it's intended to do, which is to open up if the pressure in the valve exceeds or the pressure in the tank exceeds 150 pounds. So, which is it? That is the question. And I wouldn't recommend that you do this project yourself. But I guess the first thing I would do is probably replace that valve and see if it continues to happen. Okay. The other thing that you could try to do is you could try to let a little bit of water out of it since it's already leaking. It's probably not going to get much worse. We almost never tell people to do this because sometimes if there's a little crud in the water from like dirt or debris that's inside the plumbing system of your house, it can actually make the, the leaking worse. But if it's already leaking pretty bad, um, I would open and close that that little valve lever, the lever on the side of the valve that releases releases some pressure, a few times, just let some water blast out of that and see if it resets. But if it if it continues, then there's something wrong with the water heater and it's doing its job.
2: Well, let me ask you this: What about I put it in the same way it was installed like 10, 12 years ago, and it's just the hot water out, cold water in, and isn't there some kind of like a like a diaphragm type valve or something that can go on the newer water heaters.
0: It doesn't. It's not for that. Okay. You may be talking about a water hammer arrestor, but this has nothing to do with with the pressure in your in your water heater. The water heater is an appliance that's designed to work by itself. It's designed to heat the water and deliver the water your, to your domestic system. And specifically, if it's not doing that correctly in terms of this valve, it's going to open up and, and prevent it from rupturing. So, no, you, if the water heater is, is not supposed to leak, and if it is leaking, something's wrong. Either a bad valve or a bad water heater, and you've got to get to the bottom of it.
2: I appreciate your insight.
0: All right, good luck with that project.
2: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it works out for me.
0: All right, I'm sure it will, Stephen. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Gloria in Georgia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Oh, hi. I'm calling about the product Sun Deck. It's also called Cool Deck, and
3: I'm, I really just find it's. It's that product that keeps your feet very cool. I had a pool put in, and so when you get out of the water, it's nice and cool on the feet. You don't have the hot cement. But I find it very hard to keep clean. It looks kind of unsightly, and when it rains, it just seems to attract dirt. Prior to the sun deck, I had uh, cement, and I found that it dried very quickly. I could take the hose, and it was all very fresh. And this product just tends to hold water. I believe it's an acrylic base. I just wondered you know, I don't know if I could even have it removed somehow, you know, kind of with some solution or or if there's some suggestion about how to take care of it.
0: Gloria, I don't think you have to remove or strip the Cool Deck paint to get it to, to clean it. Cool Deck uh, is actually made by a company called Mortex, M-O-R-T-E-X. Their website is mortex.com. And they make not only the Cool Deck, but they make a cleaner that can be used on top of that. It's a commercial quality cleaner. So I would go to their website and uh, look up the Cool Deck product, look up the cleaners. Uh, there's a website, there's a, sorry, a link and a telephone number there where you can call and purchase the product. I, I don't think you'll find it in a home center or hardware store. You may have to go direct. But uh, we have the technology, no need to, uh, to repair <laughs> or replace what you
1: have. You can keep it clean.
3: Well, thank you so much. That's going to be wonderful. I really appreciate your help.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Summer is almost over. Time is running out for those long hours of daylight. So if you've got a project, we've got an answer at 1 888 MoneyPit.
0: 888 666 3974. Up next is your garage door opener ready for an upgrade. We'll talk about the safest new additions in garage door opening technology after this. This
4: is Jeopardy! Uh, I'll take a waste of lose money a 1,000. This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show.
5: Alex. What is a money pit? Good. hey, hey, money pit. a wood staining project to do finish faster introducing flood one coat waterproofing finish the wood stain that lets you finish the same day you start most wood stains can't be applied until days after prep flood one coat waterproofing finish can be applied just hours later learn more at flood.com
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
5: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Call us right now. The number is 888 Pit. This hour we're giving away a very cool product to one of our callers. It's called Clear. It's from Idea Paint and it can turn any wall into a dry erase board. You simply apply it directly over the painted wall or even wood to create a seamless think space that matches any decor.
1: Yeah. And what a great idea for a home office or even a home homework area. I mean, it really is perfect for your back to school organizing. Now it's virtually odorless and it comes with a 10 year warranty. And one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a kit that will cover 50 square feet. Give us a call for your chance to win. And of course, help with your home improvement project at 888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974.
0: 888-666-3974. Now that will probably work well in your house. In my house, it won't, won't work at all though, because my kids have a really hard time telling the difference between the dry erase markers and the permanent markers. They look so much alike. I can't tell you how many of those dry erase boards I've had to throw out because it wasn't worth trying to scrub off the permanent marker that, that got on them. But I'm sure that's only a problem in this house. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones.
1: Jason in Delaware is on the line and needs some help with an electrical update at their money pit. Tell us what's going on.
6: Uh, well, let's see. We bought an older home, um, probably like 1940, 1950. It's a great home, no doubt about it. I mean, we thought we were going to have a bunch of problems. We thought we were going to have to replace the roof. We thought we were going to have to replace the foundation. But it's pretty much like somebody built the house and never really lived in it. I think
0: we're getting to a but. <laughs> Everything's great, but what's happening?
6: But the breaker box is outdated. And the total cost of replacing that, uh, hiring a certified and and professional contractor and everybody, or the electrician to do it, is going to cost us around $5,000. All
0: right. Why do you say it's outdated? What's wrong with it?
6: It's a 100-amp box. Okay. And you can't run more than two air conditioners in the house at one time.
0: Take a breath. I've got great news for you, all right? What's that? You don't have central air, right? You're running window units? Window units. You do not need a new panel. 100 amps is way more than enough power to run that house. Unless you're planning
1: on making those updates.
0: Yeah. What you need are some new circuits, which are easier to run. You see, the reason you're tripping those breakers is because whatever circuit those air conditioners are on is pulling more power than that one circuit can handle. Now, most... Circuits that go to bedrooms, for example, are fifteen amp circuits. You put an air conditioner or two on a fifteen amp circuit it 's going to pop, especially an older air conditioner that's not as energy efficient because it 's going to start more pulling more power and If you happen to have you know those two air conditioners on the same circuit, there's not a you know a chance that you're going to be able to run that when you have to. But what you do is you add more circuits, so you add another circuit that's just for that air conditioner from the point where it's installed to the panel, put that on its own 15-amp circuit, and there you have it. You're done. No $5,000 for a new panel. See, this is another example when electricians come in and they size you up and they give you a price on doing a job that you really don't need. 100 amps is a lot of power. I doubt in a in a house that's probably gas-fired. Is that right? It's gas-powered? Uh, yes. So you have a gas-powered house, so you got gas, heat, uh, gas stove, gas water heater. You know, if you pulled 30 amps when everything was running in that house, I'd be surprised. So you don't need a new box. You need more circuits.
6: Okay. Well, thank you guys so very much.
0: You're welcome. Save the money. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, are you one of the few homeowners that has to jump in and out of your car to open the garage door? I think it's safe to say that it's kind of a pain in the neck, the back, and a few other places as well. So it might be time to look into an automatic garage door opener. Or maybe you've got one and need to upgrade it. Regardless, here's what you need to know. There are three basic types. The first is the chain drive. These can be noisy if your garage is connected to your house. But they're also very powerful for heavy doors. There's also the screw drive type. And they're very good for one-piece doors that are tilt-open. And finally, the belt drive is the quietest, but also the most expensive.
1: Mm-hmm. And here's another thing you need to keep in mind. You want to make sure that your garage door opener is equipped with a rolling code technology. This means that when you push the button on your remote, a coded signal is sent to the receiver in your garage. Now, rolling codes change the signal every time you use it, so burglars cannot figure it out. You can also get some systems Systems with a keypad entry and these are great because you can program a different code, say, for your cleaning service or a repair technician who might be coming in. And then you can turn off that code when you need it and when you don't need it. You know, when the guy's done or the cable guy's finished, you turn it off, you can't get back in. And there's even high-tech models that will allow you to open or close the garage door from your iPhone. Why do I feel like, Tom, you've already got that?
0: <laughs> there's an app for that.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you have this already.
0: 888 <laughs> Give us a call right now with your next home improvement project,
1: Janet in Illinois is working on a decking project. How can we help you with that?
3: We have ordered the material for the flooring of the deck, and it's going to be waterproof. And we we have a patio beneath it, and we would like to finish the underneath side so that we can do some canned lighting, or and or uh, some ceiling fans. And wondered what the best. Product would be to finish the underneath side.
1: To sort of waterproof it, block it from any sort of water, be it rain or snow, getting to that lower underside.
3: Well, the, the top product is going to do that. Um, so we just want to finish it so it'll look nicer than just having the wood showing, you know, from the framework.
0: Okay, will this be exposed to the weather from the sides, though? I understand you're putting a roof over the top, but will there be sides on this, or is it possible for wind and rain to blow in?
3: It will be possible for wind and rain to blow in. So yeah, we would want that.
0: So you do need a good quality product that's going to seal and protect the wood. So in that case, Leslie, I guess I would go with solid color stain, a deck stain.
1: Yeah, but I I think you're looking for a material first to put on the ceiling, correct? Other than wood. Right, yes.
0: Oh, for the ceiling, the underside of the ceiling? Yes. How about AZEK? AZEK? Yeah, A-Z-E-K. Yeah, AZEK is uh, an extruded PVC product that's available in many different finishes. It's synthetic, so it doesn't rot, and it doesn't need paint. So if you go to AZEK.com and look at a lot of the sheet products...
1: Yeah, I bet there's like a beadboard or something that would look like a shingling or a paneling... For okay. the ceiling, that could be very lovely.
0: Right, but the deck surface is also going to need some protection. So that's for that surface, I would use a solid color stain.
3: All right, sounds wonderful.
0: All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money
6: Pit.
1: All right, now we've got Randall on the line, who's looking for a solution to leveling a slab foundation. Tell us what's going on.
6: Well, uh, foundation's uh, looked up at the eve of the house, and it's cracked out about a half inch, and it's going out. Looks like I need to get a slab foundation level, and I, I've always hated slabs. But this was a nice house when we bought it. Anyway, I want to know what's the best solution uh, for that in our type of soil I'm in the uh, around the bottom, the Red River area, north of Dallas.
0: So you're interested in stabilizing the foundation or just leveling it for cosmetic reasons?
6: Both. Mm, okay. Level, leveling it, you know, permanently, where everything's. Like it should
0: be. Randall, are you seeing any cracks, or you just noticed that it's sort of up in this one corner?
6: Oh, uh, it's in, at the uh, peak of the house where the uh, uh, roof line at the peak.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: I look right up here up the side of the wall, and there's about an inch crack, and it's coming down. And I noticed when I had to repair my air conditioner because my uh, blower motor went out.
0: All right, so this is not a floor. This is a wall when you say it's going up to the peak?
6: The wall, but the uh, floor in the kitchen got some lumps in it. Okay. I thought it was so, carpet, but it's not. Right. So here,
0: here, here's what you need to do. First of all, in terms of the floor in the kitchen, you're going to use a resurfacer product for that. It's called a floor resurfacer. It's a powdered mix that you add water to and basically trowel it on, and you can even out the floor. And it's, it's frequently used as sort of an underlayment to either resilient flooring or vinyl flooring or ceramic tile. And it comes in 50-pound bags, quick crete. Uh, makes it. It's called, again, a quick floor resurfacer self-leveling uh, product. And it's basically a compound that you mix up you spray it out. You can level your floor with that. Now, mm-hmm. in terms of the crack that's on the exterior, would you con- would you consider this hairline or is it open quite a bit?
6: Oh, it's open about almost an inch.
0: Okay. You need to have this inspected. That's a major crack. That's not a minor crack. And we need to find out why that's happening. So you're going to have to contact either a professional home inspector or a structural engineer. Because if your wall opens up a full inch like that, then I'm concerned about some movement under the foundation on one of the opposite corners that would force that well, to happen. I know there's that got to dabbing. be
6: movement there when I've seen that.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, because it's right. There's no other way to, to explain it. So you're going to have to get this inspected. And let me tell you why that's very important that you do it, do it once and do it right. Is because someday you're going to want to sell this house. And... When you have a major crack like that, uh, somebody's going to want to inspect the house. And if they see that crack and they don't see a real professional repair, they're going to ask you about it. And what you want to tell them is that, yeah, I identified the crack. I had a structural engineer come out and inspect it. Uh, the engineer gave me a report, told us how to fix it. Then I had a contractor come out and fix it. Then I had the engineer come back and reinspect it. And here's his letter saying everything is great. And that becomes, in effect, a pedigree on that structural repair so that any future buyer will have uh, no concerns whatsoever um, about uh, anything else happening to to that wall. So that's what I would do is I would have it inspected, uh, get the advice, get it fixed, and then you can move on. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Still ahead, paint is one of the least expensive ways to transform a room. But how do you know which sheen is best when walls start to get dirty? There are differences in the cleanability of finishes like satin, flat, eggshell, high gloss, and so on. And we're going to cover that in just a bit.
4: Eight, eight, eight,
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: The number is one 888 Pit 888-666-3974. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a new, very cool product from Idea Paint called Clear, which can actually turn any wall into a dry erase board. So a good product for your kids' rooms, your kitchen, and so on. This way, you can write on the wall and let them know that it's perfectly okay. The number is eight <laughs> eight eight Money Pit.
1: Chad in Illinois is on the line with a flooring question. What can we do for you today?
2: My question is concerning my linoleum floor. I have in my kitchen. It was damaged probably during installation and before we moved in, they cut out little squares and they patched it up. Well, over time, those squares have come up and gotten brittle and rolled over and. It looks horrible, and I want to know if there a way that I can repair that, kind of like the way they did, um, that cutting out a square or two from a closet or underneath the stove, what kind of uh, adhesive to use, or am I just fighting a losing battle and should just save the money and replace the whole floor sometime?
0: Well, if it's an older floor like that, it, it might not make sense to keep fixing it, I mean, especially when you consider that remnant, Uh, vinyl is available laminate is available the prices on this have gone way down i mean you can buy laminate floor now for probably as little as about three dollars a square foot Mm -hmm. so not expensive pretty easy to install all locked together and actually will last you know a long long time and i've had laminate floor in my kitchen for 20 years and uh it's really not shown anywhere whatsoever so i think you know given what you've been through with this it's probably time to move on
2: Uh, My wife would totally agree
0: with you. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, we've we've now given you our blessing. Go ahead and buy some new flooring. Okay, Shad, make your wife happy. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Now we've got Kathy in Minnesota on the line who was doing a kitchen revamping project. Tell us what's going on. These cupboards are varnished,
7: and uh, they had hinges on that were on the outside, so they're kind of like the barn walk hinge. And also the handles, the ends that were anchored, when we take those off, the wood under there is much, much lighter.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
7: So we stripped um, stripped the door completely and sanded it to be ready to take on a new stain. And those areas do not absorb the stain.
0: Yeah, they probably have some sort of a sealer or something that got under that. After you sanded it, did you use a sanding sealer on the whole surface?
7: I did not. I... Um, in my experience, I'd always um, put the stain on first and then use
0: a... Well, it's not a sealer at that point. It's a finish. But one thing I'm thinking that could have helped, Leslie, you tell me what you think, is that if she used a sanding sealer, she may have uh, improved the, um, the absorption rate of all the wood so that it was maybe a little evener, a little more uniform so that it would have all soaked it at about the same level. Can you get any stain to take in those areas, if you, even if you take dark stain and like put it on with a small paintbrush, or will nothing stick to that? No. Well, all I can say is that something is applied there that's sealing the, the wood, and unless you can get it to absorb, it's going to be a problem. Those old hinges, they didn't look so bad after all, did they? <laughs> I
7: kind of get that feeling. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you've already sanded it down... And you still can't get the the stain to absorb, there's probably nothing that you're gonna do that's gonna change that. Listen, the other thing that you could do is paint the doors. You know, I mean there's a lot of painted cabinets today, they look pretty nice.
7: Yes, yes. And we're we're looking at other options, but wanted to be sure that we really had to go that route. As
0: long as you sanded it thoroughly and you still can't get it to absorb, then I say that you've you've done you've done all that you can do at this point, Kathy.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your taking my call.
0: You're welcome. Good luck with that project.
1: Pat in South Dakota is on the line and looking to replace some windows. Tell us about the project. I am going to replace
3: some windows in an old house, and I am wondering what type of window to go with, a wooden window, a vinyl, or a fiberglass.
0: In terms of energy saving? That's right. Okay. So the answer is it doesn't much matter. Because there's a lot more to determining what type of window is going to be energy efficient than just the material it's made out of. Think- there are going to be extremely energy efficient windows in all of those materials. But there are dozens of things that go into the energy efficiency of the window. Not only what the frames are, but what the glass is made out of, what the weather stripping is made out of, what the frames are made out of, and so on. So what I would do is this, Pat. First of all, I would only shop for ENERGY STAR qualified windows. Secondly, there's a label on the glass, and it's from the National Fenestration. Uh, rating Council, NFRC label. It's going to have a set of numbers on there. It's going to measure stuff like how much heat gets through the window and how much uh, insulation the window has and so on. And look at the numbers on the NFRC label and use those to help compare brand to brand to brand. If You stick with a really good quality window like an Anderson just as a new replacement window, for example, it just came out, their Model 400 series. You really can't go wrong. But the decision isn't just what's the window made out of, but it's the whole package and how that impacts the energy efficiency. Efficiency uh, of your home.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you.
0: Good luck, Pat. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Well, still to come, are you tired of dragging your laundry up and down dark stairs because your washer and dryer happen to be on different floors than your bedrooms? Hey, I'm talking to most of you out there. We are going to help you bring a dreaded chore into the light with a main level laundry. It's not as hard as you think. We're going to tell you how to make it happen after this. Live
7: in
5: wood staining project to do? Finish faster. Introducing Flood One Coat Waterproofing Finish, the wood stain that lets you finish the same day you start. Most wood stains can't be applied until days after prep. Flood One Coat Waterproofing Finish can be applied just hours later. Learn more at flood.com
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888 Money Pit. This hour, we're giving away a very cool product. It's called Clear from Idea Paint. Now, it can turn any wall or piece of furniture, I guess, for that matter, into a dry erase board. And now there's no need to think inside the box. You can just apply clear directly over any painted surface or even wood and get a big idea space to match your big ideas. I think, however, in my home, it would be very difficult to explain to a four-year-old that you can only draw with markers on this and not that <laughs> and over here, but no, Too many there. rules. Too many rules. Too many, rules, many man. rules. So I think I would probably need enough clear to paint everything. That I <laughs> own. Now, one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a kit that will cover 50 square feet. So give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win.
0: 888-666-3974.
1: All right, now we've got Larry from Arkansas on the line with a heating and cooling question. Welcome, Larry.
4: I want your opinion on the radiant barriers for insulating the attic or the roof. The two questions that I have is it comes in rolls that are either... Uh, placed on the attic floor or stapled to the roof rafters, and the other is a flexible material that is held in place uh, by spring action between the roof rafters. That comes in uh, two by four foot sections that can you, you just be, you know, bowed and, and placed and set in place, and the spring action holds them there.
0: So it's a good question, Larry. We hear a lot of folks ask about radiant barriers and. I personally am just not convinced that there's a cost-benefit analysis uh, out there that favors installation of these things. They're not inexpensive. They do cost some dollars, and I do have a couple of, of, of concerns, one of which is that when you trap the heat just on the opposite side of the roof sheathing and then attempt to sort of radiate it back up through the roof sheathing again, obviously it's passing through the shingles twice, and that's going to accelerate the deterioration of the roof shingles because... You know, And the more heat that gets to those shingles, the shorter the roof life. I think that if you're trying to save money uh, in your home, I would concentrate on two things. Number one, I would concentrate on the amount of insulation because most folks don't have enough. Uh, in an area like Arkansas, you're probably looking at somewhere between 19 and 22 inches of fiberglass bat insulation uh, or uh, 22 inches of, of, of even blown-in insulation. And the second thing I would concentrate on you know, is attic ventilation which I have rarely, rarely, rarely seen a house that really has enough of this because the standards don't require what I would consider enough. What I would have if it was my home is a continuous ridge vent going down the peak and then fully open soffit vents on the, on the uh, ends of the building because that's going to allow air, get into the soffits, right up under that roof sheathing, take the heat out with it in the summertime, take the moisture out with it in the wintertime and exit at the ridge vent And I think those two things are the smartest energy-saving home improvements that you can make. And I would put those way in front of any consideration whatsoever for radiant barriers. I'm just not convinced there's enough data on them to say that they make a cost-effective improvement to your home.
4: Our air conditioning bills in in the summertime are still over $225 a month. uh... Wow.
0: Right now you're spending $220 a month on, on air conditioning in the hottest months of the year. So if you cut that in half, let's say you spend $110 a month, um, you know, it would still take you uh, uh, two and a half to three years to, to pay that off. But I don't think you can cut it in half. You know, I, I think you may cut it a little bit, but I think the payoff is going to be so long it's not going to make sense. All right, that's my two cents on it. hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
1: Well, if you find that you're constantly navigating narrow stairs with a laundry basket in your arms and probably trying to turn a light switch on with your elbow, it's time to bring the laundry room to you. More new homes have washers and dryers in hallways and kitchens, and bathrooms. But even if yours doesn't, it has never been easier to move your laundry room upstairs. For example, a stacked washer and dryer, they can be small enough to fit inside of a closet. And if you've got a closet or even a corner near a bathroom, it should not be that hard to run that plumbing to this new laundry area.
0: That's right. Now, another option is a combo unit that washes and dries clothes without any help from you. This looks like a normal washing machine, but it actually does the work of two machines, and you won't have to move those wet clothes from one to the other because the washer is the dryer, and the dryer is the washer, and so on. So think about it. Bring your laundry room to you instead of you having to schlep all the clothes to the laundry room, and cleaning your clothes will be far, far less of a chore.
1: All right, now we've got Holly in Iowa, who's dealing with some yucky ice coming from the ice maker. That sounds terrible, considering how much I love ice. Tell me what is going on.
3: Yeah, uh, it's great to talk to you both. Um, We got a new refrigerator. Uh, It has the uh, freezer on the bottom, and it came with an ice maker. And um, our old refrigerator had um, an automatic ice maker on the top. Um and um I don't know if it's the original water line when the house was built, but um the ice comes out um, it smells bad, it tastes bad so that we won't even put it in drinks because it the drinks take on that that kind of icky, musty smell okay and um wondering um you know, is it a matter of replacing the water line? Um, Does does it need to be flushed, a filter? You know, we're not quite sure which way to go.
0: Right. Well, I mean, the the easy thing to do here is to replace the water line if you can get to it. Uh, Ice maker water lines are about the easiest plumbing project that you can do because they attach to their supply pipes by what's called a saddle valve and a saddle valve um, basically pierces the copper line and makes space for the water come through and, and into the ice maker line. So, and it's plastic tubing, too. It's not even metal. So I would replace the ice maker line. I would also put in a filter, a charcoal filter on the ice maker, since you've got such a problem with taste. I think between those two things, you should turn this right around.
3: So is a charcoal filter the kind that you put on the back? See, there's no water in the door.
0: It doesn't go inside the refrigerator. It goes into the water line. Right, in the back. It could be behind the refrigerator. It could be, you know, wherever the water line connects to the supply. Anywhere it can be is fine. Just one tip, though, make sure you write a date on your calendar when you put that in and remember to replace the filter as as time goes by. I think usually they last about a year.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, a big, beautiful fireplace is a great focal point for your home, especially in winter when you've got a roaring fire going. But if you've been staring into a big black hole all summer with no idea how to dress it up, worry no more. We've got some ideas for summer-friendly fireplace design after this.
7: You live in the Money Pit.
5: The Pit is brought to you by Liquid Nails. For tough jobs, demand the extraordinary strength of Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive. It bonds a wide range of materials, indoors and out, for a job done once, done right. Learn more about Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive at liquidnails.com.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Hey, you got a home improvement project in mind. You got a question that's burning. Why not join the Money Pit community for great project ideas, info, and advice from your fellow DIYers and Leslie and myself too. You can also write your own blog or post pictures that you can share on Facebook. It's all in the community section of moneypit.com.
1: That's right. And C. Brown posted a question there, and he wrote, or she wrote, I don't know, sorry to assume you're a dude, I have a well with pressure tank and want to put a filter on the system. Should the filter go before the pressure tank or before the pressure tank pump?
0: Well, first of all, if you've got a well water system, then you're going to have tested the water, I hope, Mr. or Ms. Brown, to make sure that the water (laughs) is of good quality. Uh, If you have tested it and the water is of good quality and you just want to put a filter on it for taste, uh, I think I would put that after the pressure tank. So I would be the last thing that the water would pass through before it enters to the domestic water piping inside your house. Be sure to follow the maintenance instructions on those filters, though, because far too often I find people that leaves those filters in place way longer than they're intended to. And if you do that, they can definitely become unhealthy and clogged up with contaminants, and they can also slow down the flow of water throughout your entire house.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know what I have to say, C. Brown, it's one of my favorite chores at my mom's vacation house. My husband and I, now that we know where all of the turnoff valves are on the new system, Minus a mishap a year or two ago. It's still my favorite choice. <laughs> <joy.
0: laughs> it's a great story, though.
1: <laughs> what a mess. Oh, what a mess. All right. Lisa from Nebraska posted, I'm a new first-time homeowner. I'm going to change all the paint colors inside and can't figure out what finish to use. I have kids who love to make messes. Well, Lisa, you're going to look for a matte sheen. And I'm only going to say that because a lot of the manufacturers make a matte paint that is scrubbable. Eggshell, you go to wipe something off, it's going to be a disaster for flat paint, same thing. It's going to get chalky. Um, Semi-gloss, I don't want to put it on a wall. Great for trim, but a matte paint that is scrubbable is probably going to be your best bet. All right, good luck with that.
0: So you've been staring at that big black hole that is your fireplace all summer, and you just can't figure out how to make it look a little more appealing without that roaring fire. Well, just because you're not using the fireplace doesn't mean it can't look good. Leslie's got some tips on dressing up that hearth in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
1: That's right. You know, a fireplace that's not being used can actually be an eyesore in your room, depending on, of course, the look of the fireplace, the size of the hearth. It, it really depends on and I don't know how much you like it, actually. But there are some great ways to dress it up and incorporate it into your decor scheme. Now, replace those logs for the summer season with a group of large pillar candles or even a stylish candle holder, something that's, you know, multiple levels, different size candles. It could be really beautiful even when it's not lit. Here's another idea. You could put some fresh flowers or some plants in there, you know, maybe some orchids under some glass bell cloches, some ferns, Anything that will really do well in some shade, because obviously it's not getting a ton of sunlight in there, but it's going to add a punch of life to your room. And finally, consider a fireplace screen. They look great. If you don't want to buy one, you can actually make one out of plywood. Now, of course, this isn't one that you would use during a fire itself. But if you make one out of plywood, you can paint it with maybe your family's initials or, you know, an interesting sort of faux finish or some stenciled patterns. You can put a family photo on there, something interesting, something different, just, you know, to cover up that big black hole into nothingness for the rest of the season.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, we've got outdoor entertaining tips to make your Labor Day weekend a great one. We're going to teach you how to grill safely, clean up right, and even how to host the perfect backyard bash. It's all coming up on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone.
7: You live in a Money Pit.